Welcome to the very first episode of Making Waves with Jasmine. I am your host, Jasmine, and this podcast is for the people who don't know what they're doing with their life, but they're trying to figure it out because I feel like I fall into that category. Um, I am maybe the president of that category, and uh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of podcasts out there that are about crime and murder and how to get rich and about celebrities or religion and those podcasts are great but I don't feel like there's a lot of podcasts out there that are just trying to be relatable um and maybe this one won't be that relatable either but I'm gonna put it out there and we'll see what happens so the intention behind this podcast that I'm creating is I want to talk to and about people who have had no idea what they were doing at one point in their life, but they got to the other side, right? So they at one point said, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing, which is what I feel like has been on repeat for me for the last five years. What am I doing? And um, they say, that's what your 20s are for, whatever. It sucks. I'm over it. And so I've spent a lot of time lately reading books, trying to listen to podcasts, trying to listen to inspiring things, talking to people about how to get to the other side. Is there going to be an end to this? And I hear that there will be, but um, until that comes, I'm holding on to the hope of just, yeah, staying inspired. And so that's what Making Ways with Jasmine is supposed to be is not only did, how did they get to the other side, but what is a way that they did it maybe unconventionally? Because I think those are the coolest stories. Not just, you know, they followed the the roadmap that was laid out for them. They came up with their own roadmap. They went off the path. That's the kind of people that I am inspired by and I want to be like. And I feel like I've kind of done that in my own sense a little bit, but I feel also like I've barely scratched the surface and I've taken a million wrong turns left, right, everywhere. And um, yeah, that's okay. I know that's okay, but there are definitely days when I feel like I wasted so much time or, you know, if I could get, if I could go back and do it differently, I would. Just wanting to stay inspired by other people um, who have once felt like, what the heck am I doing? And now they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, but I figured it out. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I want to create my podcast about, but also keep it light, keep it funny. So a few of my other podcast ideas were I wanted to have one called Exposed, where I have a bunch of women come on and just expose men. But then I was like, because there's plenty of those stories to go around. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to be talking about men all day. And that just didn't sound fun to me. And then I was like, okay, maybe I could do a podcast about sports because I'm a sports journalist. And then I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to just like call up you know, Derek Jeter or Tom Brady or anybody and they're going to answer and I'm going to get to talk to them. Maybe I will. Maybe this podcast will get huge and I'll eventually be able to do that. That'd be cool. Super Bowl Sunday's coming up this week and, you know, like if I could call Patrick Mahomes right now and be like, hey, dude, do you feel like you know what the heck you're doing and he could give me his honest advice? That would be really cool. But alas, here we are. And hopefully Patrick Mahomes, for my sake, doesn't know what he's doing because... I'm from Kansas, but I'm a Chiefs hater for life. Um, So let's get into it. First, my story, because I can't tell any story better than my own. So we'll start there. I live in Hawaii. I've lived here for the last three years. I am from Kansas originally, like I mentioned. 
I graduated from the University of Kansas in 2020 with a sports journalism degree. I love my degree. I had high hopes for my degree. And here I am in my room recording this podcast on my Amazon Amazon microphone, my ring light, and my Mac. So I'll let you fill in the blanks of how that kind of turned out. But more or less, short story of a really long story is I graduated with this degree. I had worked my butt off in college. I had all the internships. I did all the things you're supposed to do. I met Holly Rowe, which was really cool. I was an intern um, for the Kansas Athletics Media Communications Department. I was hustling. I was working two jobs. I did not have help with college. Like, I was making it happen. I was waitressing, doing all the things. Um, and COVID hit and the job that I had lined up for post-graduation in May said, we don't need you like at this time, you know, we are currently not sure what's happening. I was doing Western journalism. So I interned for what I was told was going to be the ESPN of rodeo my junior year of college. And I went to Fort Worth for the summer and had a blast. And then I did a couple of events for them that my senior year through college, like I skipped my finals to be at the national finals rodeo, which if you know anything about Western sports, some of you do, a lot of you don't. Um, It's like the Super Bowl of rodeo. That was my very first professional rodeo that I'd gone to outside of my hometown. So anyways, I skipped my finals to be there. I was like all in on this job thing with this entity called the Cowboy Channel. And once that once they stopped having rodeos because of COVID, they were like, we don't need you like at this time, but you know, stay tuned for more. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll be tuned in. I'll do the thing. So that whole summer, um, I was emailing them like once a week, Hey, any updates, any updates, nothing. Cause rodeos eventually did resume. And so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my iPhone and a ring light and a microphone again on Amazon. And I'm going to go and I'm going to do all these interviews with all these guys and girls, whoever I can find at their trailers, and just interview athletes, like, outside of these Kansas, Oklahoma rodeos. And so I did that. Um, through that, had a blast. <laughs> Being 21 about, around a bunch of rodeo cowboys was unhealthy and healthy at the same time. I had a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, wasn't exactly the sports reporter I thought I was going to become right away and so I was like you know what I'm 21 I'm just gonna go on the road and do this and give it my all and I did that but um at the end of that summer I was like okay nothing really came out of this you know what I gotta do I gotta go to Texas because that's where all the action's happening so packed up my little car in September drove to Texas had the most amazing woman who let me live with her and I owe her everything to this day and hopefully she will come on my podcast because she's one of the best people I genuinely know. Stayed with her rent-free, didn't really have a plan other than I was just going to keep calling people, knocking on doors, showing up until someone gave me a job. I was showing up at PBR events. I was showing up at these rodeo events. I was in Fort Worth in the stockyards. I had the connections. Justin McKee was introducing me to everyone, the host of the Cowboy Channel, and um, nothing, nothing. So, I get a call in November to do interviews at the NFR that they had that December. And because of COVID, it was in Texas that year instead of Las Vegas. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. Um, I essentially got paid in merchandise to do that, um, which was fine. I was super eager. And the company I worked for was incredible. The brand that I was doing interviews for their sponsored athletes. So it ended up being fantastic, but also maybe the most 
looking back now, I can see that those 10 days were maybe some of the hardest, like darkest 10 days of my life. Those 10 that it's a 10 day event, the rodeo, it's a 10 days of rodeo. I got COVID. I couldn't afford to not do the job. I was reeking of desperation, begging people for jobs. I was like, somebody please give me a job. And I think that because I was so desperate, like a little whiny puppy at the door, people were turned off by that and wouldn't hire me. And not only that, like it was COVID. Everyone was having a tough time. So it wasn't just that people didn't want to. They also couldn't. Like that was such a hard year financially for everyone. Um, So yeah, I got COVID halfway through this event and I couldn't, I was, I kept working with COVID because I was like, I can't afford not to do these interviews. And I wasn't even doing them um, in person. I had to do them like Instagram lives, which was really cool. But um, I worked my butt off. Like I killed myself to keep doing those, even though I was sick. I was so sick. And I still kept going all the places because it's like an all day thing. It's not just the rodeo. It's every day in the morning, there's stuff going on. And then at nighttime, there's the after parties. And I was trying to go to all these things to meet as many people as possible to put my foot in as many doors as possible. And I told myself going into it, I need a job by the end of this. And I put that like pressure on myself. And at the end of it, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live because I didn't want to get that woman sick and she had a kid also. I have a thing for like living with women and kids, I guess. I don't know. Um, And so I I got in my car and I drove to Kansas. I drove home like as soon as it was done and I was so sick. I was so tired and I went home to Kansas like right before Christmas time and my parents were like, hey, you're really sick. Like you can't stay with us, but you can stay at the cabin at the ranch. And so I stayed in this cabin by myself for, you know, the 10 days or two weeks or whatever you're supposed to and, you know, didn't see anyone and I was depressed. Like, I was really, really down bad. Feeling real sorry for myself, watching a lot of Outlander and um, still checking my email, checking my phone, whatever, like hoping somebody will give me a call and just nobody was. And I get a FaceTime from my roommate from KU and she gives me a FaceTime and uh, I answer and, you know, I'm like literally in darkness. I remember I was wearing like my hoodie all scrunched up around my face and she's like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like glowing in the sunshine somewhere. And I was like, hey, dude, like I'm fine. I'm kind of on my deathbed, like, but whatever, you know. And she was like, you should come to Hawaii. And she like pans the camera and she's like on a beautiful beach. I was like, okay, yeah, let me just get in my rowboat and like I'll go to Hawaii And she was like, no, I'm serious. My mom and I went to this coffee farm this morning and we did this work trade program or they were telling us about this work trade program. And I think you'd be a really good fit for it. And I was like, I'm sure they're not letting people go there in COVID right now. Like there's no way that's possible. And so I called them this program, whatever, called them on the phone and they said, how soon can you be here? And I said, I can be there in three weeks. And they were like, okay, we'll see you in three weeks. And I get off the phone and I was like, they hardly asked me any questions about myself. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm going to get a job. Somebody's going to call me after the NFR. Like, I know that. And I can't leave now. Like, I'm going to have to, I need to go back to Texas. I need to sign a lease. I need to get a place. I need to do all these things. And um, Christmas came and went and then called me back to do a phone interview. They were like, okay, we are going to interview you to see if you're a good candidate. Even though I kind of checked it out. I was like, well, you know, maybe going to Hawaii would be cool. Whatever. It's not really on my radar radar. I don't know why I said that, that weird. Anyways. And, um, so they, they do this phone interview with me and this girl, I'm obviously having like a really hard time. I'm like, great. Post-college I'm living with my parents in their house. I don't want to be here. I don't have a job. I don't have a future. I don't have anything going for me. I was, 
I was really Debbie Downer, okay? And they call me and it's a different girl than the, the one that I talked to before. And she was so kind. She was so sweet. I remember she asked if she could pray for me. And we had like basic, I had more questions than her. Like I had 15 questions I had written down because I was convinced this was like a weird farm hippie cult, okay? I was like, I need to know what's going on there before I just up and come. I'd never been to Hawaii before any of the islands. And so I asked her so many questions. And at the end of it, she goes, okay, well, like, it seems like you really are having, it's your decision. Like you need to decide what you want to do. And she says, um, but can I just pray for you? And she prays for me and she prays a prayer that was like everything that was going on in my life. But she didn't know that obviously, like I didn't tell her that many things about me. I'm not that kind of person. And at the end of it, I was like crying and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I need to go. And then that lasted five minutes and I was like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> I know that I'm not going. I'm going to go back to Texas. I'm going to keep going in the Western industry. Like, that's my plan. I'm going to be Aaron Andrews by the time I'm 25. 25 now. Obviously not Aaron Andrews. I'm not on the sideline of any football games. Whatever. That was my plan, though. Ever since I was 10, that was my dream. Like, I knew who I wanted to be from a very young age. Okay? Whatever. I said, I'm not going. Checked out mentally. I didn't tell them that. I just knew I wasn't. So it's New Year's Eve. I'm at my parents' house, no plans, 21 years old, feeling sorry for myself. I go to the bookstore in Kansas and I'm like, I might as well get a book to read so I, I don't feel so lame. And so I get Matthew McConaughey had just written this book called Green Lights. And so I'm like, oh, I've seen this book on my TikTok, whatever, heard it was good. So I start to read it and I read it all that night. I stay up to like 5 a.m. reading this book, 4 or 5 a.m. And this book, I literally like shut the book at the end of it. And I go, Matthew McConaughey is telling me I need to go to Hawaii. Like, that's Matthew McConaughey and God are both telling me I need to go to Hawaii. So I literally went back to Texas, finished packing up my stuff, and I flew out from Texas. Like, I left all my things. I left my car, all of it. I left in Texas. And I flew straight to Hawaii February 1st, first time here. Did this coffee farm thing that was a horrible experience that I won't go into work trade, don't recommend it, but it got me here. Um, In those three months, I fell in love with surfing. It was like all this ambition I had, I needed to put into something and it wasn't a job. So it became surfing. The day I was supposed to leave, because this program's only three months, the day I was supposed to leave, I just had this feeling of like, I don't think I'm supposed to leave yet. Like I don't want to, I don't know what I'm going to go back to, like just to Kansas. I had no idea. It was, again, what the heck am I doing? What do I want to be doing? Where am I going? And um, it was on a Thursday that my flight was booked back to Kansas. I called two hours before and I canceled it. And I told myself, okay, if I don't get a job and a place to live by Monday, I'll just go back to Kansas like the following weekend and just extend it like one week. By Monday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, by Monday, I had a job and a place to live. So now three years later, (laughs) I'm still in Hawaii, which I love. This place has given me so much. Like the journey that I've been on here is incredible. Um, I've learned a lot of life lessons. I've, God's taught me so much, but still I find myself asking, what the heck am I doing? Um, yeah, I was a surf instructor for three years, two years. I now am work in an elementary school. I work with this English language program because um, there's a lot of kids that um, don't speak 
very good English at the school and so I work with those kids specifically to just help them stay on track in class and work after school to do homework with them and I love my job but it's not at all where I thought I'd be okay it's just not even close like all my siblings are educators I never thought I'd go into the education system I just started in November and um yeah so that's the that's the long wait no that's the that is the short version of a very, very, very long story that we will get into more of later as we progress. Um, but if you've made it this far, thank you so much for being here with me wherever you are. And I hope that, yeah, you can relate a little bit to this. And I hope that it also inspires you, not in the sense of, hey, I figured out the recipe for what to do. But if you also feel like you don't know what you're doing, you're not alone. We're in this together, okay? We're rowing in the same direction in our little canoe, going in circles. You and me, pal, okay? So thank you for being here. I will have guests on my show who are inspiring. So that way you and I in this can get to the other side of it because I know so many amazing, mostly women, there are a few men, but mostly women who have such incredible life stories that inspire me so, so much. And even though I won't follow along the same path and none of us will have the same path, I'm just inspired to know that they, you know, they've done it, right? So they, they've laid out a map for themselves and they were able to do it with the courage, strength, perseverance, everything that it took to get to the other side. And when I say the other side, I don't mean just like, you know, this season of, you know, oh, I hope that I'm rich someday and I get to the other side of that or um, finding our dream job. It's, I'm talking about everything, like relationships, our faith, our the things we were taught, the things that we don't believe anymore, questioning all of it. Like your 20s are like you're in it. I'm in, we're in the trenches. If you're in your 20s, you're in the trenches. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Being in high school, like I thought that was bad and it was going to get easier, but I hear your 30s are great. (laughs) So I guess we can find out together. How's that? Maybe this will just be like a podcast where it just keeps going until I'm literally 100 years old and then they'll make a documentary about it or something like a like a not a not like an interesting like Pamela Anderson documentary I'm talking like a psychology one of using my life story as a some sort of study uh to tell people like what not to do or what to do question mark so anyways um yeah I look forward to sharing more with you all and hopefully being relatable and inspiring and wherever you are I hope that you're having or had a fantastic day if your day's just getting started top of the morning to ya and I can't wait until we speak again keep making waves all of my aloha